Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Priority Talk Radio. One topic that is near and dear to my heart is the March for Life event that happens once a year. And I've been to it one time when I lived up near that area, and it was a beautiful day. Had quite the great experience. Everyone was kind and joyful and focused. This was before uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And typically what we'll do here on the show is after the event's over, we'll play some conversations. Now, we, we've had other things going on and the days passed and I don't believe we did that. And so I was thinking tonight, well, why not tonight? It's only been a little bit uh, since the March for Life happened this year. And so we'll, we'll just play a little bit of a speech from Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson from Louisiana. There were several other uh, main, I guess, featured speakers. One of them was Jim Harbaugh, and that might be a little tough for Alabamians to hear, uh, the coach of Michigan, at least the coach for now. So I'm not going to play what he said. But I have a speech from Mike Johnson in front of me, and Stuart is at the ready for when I play that video. But yeah, the March for Life this year, it was pretty cold. The snow, freezing temperatures, and I'm trying to find a number. Let's see. Trying to find a number on how many people actually actually showed up, but normally it's many, many, many thousands, and I think that was the case this time. Even as people braved the snow, I'm looking at the video, and yeah, snow's pretty much everywhere. But I will play the the speech from Mike Johnson and his story, and we'll talk about it afterwards. Stewart, are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Thank you so much. <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to the nation's capital. We are delighted that you're here and really sorry about the weather, especially for my friends from Louisiana. They're freezing. That's, that's my home state. <laughs> it, it's my great privilege to stand alongside Jeannie and all of my great colleagues who are joining us here today and so many extraordinary leaders who are braving the weather to join us for this important tradition, and it is an important one. We're so encouraged to see all of you, everybody from across the land. We, the beauty of this event is that it's a beautiful picture of America. We have people from all walks of life, all ages, all experiences, all backgrounds, and we're all joining to celebrate life and what it means to be an American. Thank you for being a part of that. It was the great uh, British statesman G.K. Chesterton who famously observed that America is the only nation in the world that was founded upon a creed. And he said it was listed with theological lucidity in the Declaration of Independence. What is that creed? What is it from our nation's birth certificate, the Declaration, that makes us who we are? We know the language so well. We hold these truths to be self-evident. In other words, obvious, that all men are created equal, not born equal, created equal. That's what the founders said. That's right. And that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, including the right to life and liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Those are inalienable rights. They cannot be taken away. 
And, and so it's from the very beginning that our founders boldly proclaimed those self-evident truths, that our rights do not come from government, our rights come from God, our Creator. That's right. And it also means that every single person has inestimable dignity and value. And your value is not related in any way to the color of your skin or what zip code you live in, what, how good you are in sports, where you went to high school, it's irrelevant. Your value is inherent because it is given to you by your creator. Our national creed is the essence of who we are in this country. It is the foundational principle that made us the freest, most successful, most powerful, most benevolent nation in the history of the world. And we can never forget that. I am myself a product of an unplanned pregnancy. In January of 1972, exactly one year before Roe v. Wade, my parents, who were just teenagers at the time, chose life. And I am very profoundly grateful that they did. See, what we have to do right now, and I believe the reason all of you are here, is you understand that we have to build a culture that encourages and assists more and more people to make that same decision. This is a critical time to help all moms who are facing unplanned pregnancies, to work with foster children, and to help families who are adopting, to volunteer and assist our vital pregnancy resource centers in our maternity homes, and to reach out a renewed hand of compassion and to speak the truth in love. That's what we do. All of us can play a role in that really important work. This is also a pivotal time to promote quality health care for both women and their unborn children. This week in Congress, you'll be encouraged to know the House passed the Pregnant Students' Rights Act because, that's right, because uh, being pregnant while finishing your degree can be really difficult, but, but women should not be presented with a false choice of being a mom or being a student. That's right. We also passed the Supporting Pregnant and Parenting Women and Families Act. That's a big one, too. Right now, right now, you should know, the Biden administration is proposing a regulation to restrict funds to pregnancy resource centers. We know those are the centers that states rely on to assist uh, expecting moms and dads. And that action would undercut that important work, the important material support that expecting and first-time mothers get from these centers. Our bill would prevent that regulation from coming into effect and ensure that the states can utilize these centers to help people in need. Who could be opposed to that? We're, we're passing these bills and we're marching today because it takes a lot of work to convince people that every single human child, every unborn child, has a value that is too profound and precious to ignore. And we have every reason to be optimistic, my friends, that we can change public opinion. We find encouragement from the leaders of previous generations. We can learn from the great Americans who changed public opinion throughout our history. Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass and Susan B. Anthony. They challenged the prevailing narratives of their day and they succeeded. And you know how they did that? We have to remember this, this is the key. Th their success was grounded in our nation's creed that we just spoke about. And they reminded their fellow Americans about our founding principles and as Lincoln said in his famous first inaugural, the better angels of our nature. We should do the same thing today. My friends, let's be encouraged, let's press on in hope and that we can join together and make this great difference. I believe that we can. We can stand with every woman for every child and we can truly build a culture that cherishes and protects life. God bless you. Thanks for braving, braving the weather. All right, that was Speaker Mike Johnson 
March for Life in D.C. Again, a great event. And some people, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, some people said, well, why do we need these marches? Uh, Roe v. Wade, it, it fell. It was overturned. It was reversed. And we still have a lot of work to do. We can't forget that. That, yes, Roe v. Wade was overturned. It's been a couple years now, which is kind of crazy to think. Side note, someone talked about 2016 being almost a decade ago. And I was thinking, wow, a decade? And then I, I thought about it. 2024, yeah, do some basic math. 2016, I was like, oh, man, it has almost been a decade. It's crazy. But anyways, Roe v. Wade's fallen for quite some time at this point. But now the work is at the state level. All 50 states. The goal is to get the most pro-life that you can. Go as far pro-life as you can. Do uh, all the things that you can think of. uh, Persuasion, education, law, social media, uh, pass good laws, really. That's that's one of the most important things you can do. But really, also starts with relationships. That people need to see the pro-life community, not as a bunch of jerks that we hate women and we want to drag women back to whatever century, whatever age. Like, no, we we love women, we love mothers, we love children, we love fathers. And we can talk about that, all the different ways we want to serve women who can be in some tough times. They can't necessarily or they think that they can't support a child, but through resources, uh, pro-life clinics, all the rest of it, that we can help. And donations and, and volunteering, serving your community. There are just a lot of different ways you can help out. You know, one thing we often talk about here on the show is Choose Life Alabama, where you can help out through purchasing car tags and pro-life car tags. You can check that out at ChooseLifeAlabama.org. Uh, just so many different things you can do. And we want to keep the momentum going. What happened is, well, during the midterms, a lot of fear-mongering happened in in social media, mainstream media, to where after Roe v. Wade fell, the political left used some, uh, I'll just say it, some dirty tactics, lies about the pro-life community, how, you know, women, they're going to come after you. And they're going to come after interracial marriages next. They're going to deport you if you're not from this country. You just, after Roe v. Wade, a lot of the midterms didn't go our way in the pro-life community and the political uh, right. And it was unfortunate because it was at least partially because of the lies that were told. That, oh man, uh, you know, the right wants you to die if you're a woman and wants to control every part of your life. And it just simply wasn't true. But fear is effective, and they got out the vote. People turned out to vote, and the midterms did not go well for uh, conservatives and Republicans pro-life that are typically traditionally pro-life people. So our our work's cut out for us. We can't stop. We got to keep going. Got to keep pushing. Got to keep fighting. Got to keep volunteering, donating, you know, diapers and clothing and all the rest of it and uh, help mothers to know that they're not alone. That there are people who love them and are there for them. I think of local churches and what a resource they can provide. They can't do it alone. 
you have pregnancy uh, clinics as well and uh, just the rest of it. It has to be a collective societal effort to show women that having a baby is not the end of your life. It's not the end of your options. And th there are choices you can make that don't involve ending the life of your child. So anyways, going back to the March for Life, we're, we're going to go to break, but I'll have a, another speech for you when we're on the other side and we come back from break. But these are just things we need to be thinking about. March for Life happened earlier this year, and uh, let's keep marching. Let's keep fighting. Let's keep pushing. The, the fight's not over, so don't give in. This is Priority Talk Radio. My name's Nate Williams. We'll be back after the break. Priority Talk. Did you know that you can choose life when renewing your automobile tax? Choose Life Alabama is celebrating 20 years of license plate sales in Alabama. Over those 20 years, $4.4 million has been given to pregnancy resource centers just from the sales of Choose Life Auto Tags. Each year, Alabamians pay an extra $50 for approximately 6,000 automobile license plates. The great majority of those funds go directly to local pregnancy resource centers and other pro-life causes. By placing a Choose Life tag on a vehicle, you're also encouraging people to protect the unborn who are made in God's image. In this 20th year of Choose Life Alabama, Priority Talk listeners could easily help double the number of Choose Life automobile tags purchased and therefore double the amount of funds given back to your local pregnancy resource centers. Choose Life Alabama is a low-maintenance, high-impact virtual organization with practically no overhead and no physical location. Learn how you can make sure no unborn life is lost by visiting ChooseLifeAlabama.org. Pregnancy resource centers around the state greatly depend on this annual funding from license plate renewals. Learn how you can help at ChooseLifeAlabama.org. Hello, Priority Talk fans. Want to quickly comment on a topic or ask Greg and his guest a question? Then join the Priority Talk text line by sending the code PTR to the number 205-941-1011. That's PTR to the number 205-941-1011. Thank you for listening. Hi, Jerry Jenkins here, author of the Left Behind series and the Chosen series of novels. And you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. We are nearing the end of our show. We go to 7 o'clock, but we'll be back tomorrow. We're on Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 7. My name is Nate Williams. It's wonderful to be able to talk with you tonight. It is a Tuesday night. And for the last little bit, we've gone over the March for Life. We talked about the pro-life issue broadly. And March for Life happened recently, happens once a year over in D.C. And typically on the show, pretty soon afterwards, the day of or the day after, we'll air some clips of some of the speakers. We didn't do that this year, so now this is a few days later. But I figured, why not? Let's, let's, let's show a couple different clips from some different speakers. Last segment, we had uh, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. We played his segment there in his speech. And now we'll play a speech by Congressman Chris Smith from New Jersey. And he has a 
some things, some great things to say, share some stories. And I think ultimately that's what we have to do. So I love facts. I love good logic, good reasoning. It's wonderful. Uh, I can argue scientifically that life begins at conception because scientifically that's, I think it's really an open shut case. We can talk about all the errors and pro-choice reasoning when life begins and you know, the birth canal doesn't really change anything. The baby's alive before and after the birthing process. We can win arguments all day long. But for a lot of people, that doesn't really change hearts the way it should. But what changes hearts, what changes minds oftentimes are stories. And so we have to do both. The pro-life position, you have to be good at telling stories because it brings people to life. It's not just statistics anymore. People with names and faces. And at that point, not only do you have the facts, the reasoning, the science on your side, but you also have powerful stories as well. So I'm going to have a speech for you from Congressman Chris Smith from New Jersey. Stuart, are we ready for that? Let's go. Okay, here it is from the March for Life that happened a little bit earlier in uh, the month of January 2024. GD, thank you so very much. And uh, first of all, on behalf of my wife, Marie, and my very distinguished and courageous and effective lawmakers that are on this stage and a few others that couldn't be here, thank you, GD Mancini, for your leadership. It is extraordinary. You know, ladies and gentlemen, at a New Jersey Pregnancy Resource Center, Two women expressed through tears of joy their deep and abiding gratitude for the incredible love, respect, and care that persuaded them to reverse their decision to abort their babies. They spoke of how desperate and even hopeless they were, and they thanked the director for being there in a non-judgmental and a very gentle way to persuade them to have their child. They chose life. Then, two teenage girls got up, took to the podium, stood side by side, and they talked about their lives, school, their family, their friends, sports, and their reverence for the sanctity of human life. Near the end of their remarks, however, they turned towards the director of the center and said, if you didn't persuade our moms to let us live, we would be dead. I was so moved and, and to hear that kind of testimony. There are more than 2,700 pregnancy resource centers throughout the United States, each and every one of them an oasis of love, compassion, empathy, respect, and care for both mothers and their children. As Judy mentioned earlier, Americans agree. The new Marist National Poll found that 83% of all Americans, including 75% of Democrats, support, I say again, support pregnancy resource centers. They, like all of us in this human rights movement, stand with every woman and for every child. We reject the violence of abortion, dismemberment, child beheadings, and abortion pills that literally starve the baby to death. As you all know, Dobbs conveyed the lawmakers newfound powers at every level, federal, state, and local, to save lives. We're greatly encouraged and filled with hope and resolve. Lives are being saved. Yeah, we'll have a setback here and there. Every human rights struggle does, but we are undeterred. We will not give up. 
at least 25 states now have statutes that are either in effect or being litigated that protect life. My own state is one of the bad ones. Uh, we have abortion till birth, but we won't quit in New Jersey either in trying to overturn a law that was passed by our governor and by the legislature. This week, under, as he said, Mike Johnson's leadership, two new important pro-life bills authored by two courageous lawmakers, Michelle Fishbach and Ashley Hinson, passed the House. We're working, and we're working for the babies and their mothers. Tragically, President Biden, the abortion president, has weaponized the entire federal bureaucracy to aggressively promote abortion on demand, including a full-court press to force taxpayers to pay for it. Last Congress, President Biden's absolute support was for this, to say, and the House Democrats passed this not once, but twice, legislation to enable and, and authorize abortion right up to the moment of birth. Think of it, all nine months, and that baby could be killed. And that's Biden's view. That extremist legislation poses an existential threat to countless women and to children. The Biden administration and some governors and lawmakers, including in the House and Senate, continue to smear and misrepresent the noble work of pregnancy care centers, and we can't let that happen either. We will never, and I know so many of you, especially over the years, we will never, 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 with the grace of God, never quit in our defense for the weakest and the most vulnerable. Thank you. All right. That was Congressman Chris Smith from New Jersey. And that's very refreshing to have a politician from New Jersey be uh, pro-life. And that was great to hear that w what happens is pro-life causes all across mainstream media are painted a certain way, which which makes sense, uh, painted as evil and controlling and hates women. And but but. When you look underneath the hood at what pro-life causes are trying to do, that we want active fathers in the home. We want pregnant mothers to have the resources that they need to be able to live and to raise a child. We want babies to be born. I, I just sometimes with some of those smears we get from the pro-choice side of things, it doesn't make a lot of sense, and really, some of it's just downright evil if we're if we're being fully honest. But anyways, another cause I want to direct you to is one we support here at Priority Talk. It's uh, Choose Life Alabama. Go check it out, ChooseLifeAlabama.org, and you can help the pro-life cause through purchasing pro-life car tags and uh, support your local pregnancy health clinic and uh, just so many different ways, really. And one of the best ways you can support the pro-life cause is to be educated and informed. So when pro-choice people come your way, I don't mean to be a jerk about these things. I don't mean, hey, go say nasty things. Not at all. But when lies cross your path, you can graciously correct those lies. So, for example, when people, I just saw some of these quotes and it just made me sad. When people say that, oh, the the political right, you know, it's, it's going to be pro-life one day and the next day they're going to come after your interracial marriage. You can 
honestly say, no, that's not true at all. When people talk about miscarriage care, that, oh, the pro-life community, if there's a miscarriage or uh, the, the baby's dead in the womb, that you can't touch the miscarriage. And, 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 and the pro-life community wants women to carry those babies forever and ever and ever, and that's damaging to the woman. Like, no, miscarriage medical care has nothing to do with abortions, which is the purposeful ending of the baby's life. So when you hear lies, the most loving thing you can do is to graciously correct those lies. But we can't correct those lies if we're not informed and educated on the issue. I've often said this on the show here in Alabama, we have one of the greatest if not, in my opinion, the greatest pro-life law in Alabama that protects babies across all situations, other than there are exceptions for when the life of the mother is legitimately, verifiably at risk. And so uh, it, it is a strong pro-life law. Uh, people often tout Florida's pro-life law as the best one in the nation. I think ours is personally. But anyways, just be ready. 2024 the lies are going to come back just like they did in the midterms. Fear drives people to vote. Both the left and the right know this, that if you can make people afraid, they'll go and vote. So just get ready for the pro-life community to be slandered up and down, all sorts of lies about how uh, we hate women and we want them to die and all the rest of that ridiculous nonsense. And we don't want women to be educated. We want them to be held back, you know, all the stuff. Just be ready for it. The best way to respond graciously with Christ-like love, Christ-like character, is to correct falsehoods when they come your way, if it's worth your time. Some people are trolls and they just say things to say things. Responding to them is not usually beneficial. But if someone else is actually willing to have an honest-to-goodness conversation and they're open to listening, well then, yeah, enter the conversation and do so well. But anyways, we are coming to the end of our show. We're almost at 7 o'clock. We'll be back tomorrow at 5. Uh, my name's Nate Williams. Greg Davis has been with us for most of the show. He eventually had to bow out for an event later on tonight. But if you missed any of the conversation today, make sure to check out the podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple, Spotify, and other locations. So I'll finish how I normally finish. Be praying, be in the Word. Be active in your local church. Look to serve others. Look to serve God in obedience. And he will bless you in all your ways. I don't mean that in a prosperity preacher kind of way. But he'll bless you with peace and joy. And he'll draw you closer to him. Anyways, friends, that's all for now. We'll be back tomorrow.